All right, honestly, who's sad that that's the last time you're going to hear that song? I liked it. I'm kind of used to it. But we are in the final day, in the final message in our series on on social media. It's been a really, really great series. It's been a very important series. And I can't think, honestly, if you think over the past 10 years, has there really been a more important topic, a more relevant topic? I don't think so. And it's interesting in this series since, since we started it, um, our, the church's Facebook page has gotten more likes uh, than, what we've <laughs> than what we've had in the past. We created an Instagram account, you know, our church has, and so that's truly remarkable. And so you might be thinking, well, it sounds like you're, you know, you're not doing what you should be doing. No, I mean, the point in this series is to look at social media and, and look at how good it is, look at the benefits of it and, and really embrace it, um, but to also bring to light some dangers, lay some things out on the table and say, look, you know, these are some things that we need to watch out for, maybe even avoid, maybe even remove from our lives, right? So the point has really been to embrace social media and the, the point in this series has been from the very beginning, how can we be authentic Christ followers in the social media world? And so we've been able to talk about some very, very important things. We talked about contentment and, uh, you know, how we look at others and we become discontent, right? We also looked at relationships and how um, social media and technology can sometimes be detrimental to really our close relationships. We also looked at authenticity, how it's so easy for us to be somebody else out there in virtual world and to be somebody else, you know, in the real world type of thing. So danger's there. And then we talked about love, and really that was a big uh, big one last week, a very important message of how we are less loving. The facts show that we are less loving and how we need to, to correct that because, I mean, as Christians, we are to reflect God and God is love, right? So today I want to talk about, um, as we wrap this up, I want to talk about the use of our time, the use of our time. How many of you are on social media right now as I'm talking? Don't raise your hand, right? So we, and we're sort of circling back around. In week one, we talked about how much we use it. Anybody remember how much we use it? What's the average per day? Two hours. I heard somebody maybe whisper it. Two, two hours. That's on average. Some of you, it's more, right? Some of you might be a little bit less, but on average, two hours per day, that... That is a big chunk of time. And, and what's interesting is it's not two hours all at one time, right? It's really spread throughout the day. We, we use it so much. And to be honest with you, I think we're addicted. Okay? I think we are addicted to technology. I think we're addicted to social media. I think it has a bigger hold on our lives than what we realize, right? Studies show that 60% of people don't go one hour without checking their phone. I, that, that surprised me. I actually thought it would be higher than that, but that's what the studies show, 60%. You don't go an hour without checking your phone. 80% of teenagers, okay, teens, you listening? Maybe adults do this too, but 80% of teenagers sleep with their phone. I've seen it in my own house, right? So I know it's true. 
So we're, we're sleeping with our phones. That doesn't sound right, does it? 90%, okay, you've heard this before. This was pre-social media. We, we uh, really had an issue with this. 90% of people check their email while on vacation. And what's interesting, since social media, okay, studies show that when you go on vacation, you actually use social media more than your average use while you're not on vacation. Right? So the average is two hours per day during a typical day, during an average day. When you go on vacation, that increases, which we have to ask ourselves this question. Do we ever really take a vacation? Right? Be honest. Be honest, and please don't raise your hand unless you want to. How many people do this? The last thing you do at night and the first thing you do in the morning is look at your phone or your tablet. Nobody wants to be brave and raise their hand, right? I can see by the look on your face that some people, like, you're like, whoa. Has he got cameras in my house or something? You know, I know that's you. Look, and we've talked about how social media and technology is good, and I'm, I'm all for that. It is good only when it's good for you. It's good only up until a point, and then it crosses a line. There does come a time when it becomes detrimental to our lives, our health, our relationships, our effectiveness, and yes, your faith. Your faith. So I want us to look at some really important Principles is what, what I call these things. They are, they are principles of, uh, found in the Bible regarding our use of time. And this is going to be so, probably the most practical message in this whole series. But I really, really, really want you to listen. Okay, um, These principles are so important. And so I'm going to walk through three of these with you. First, the first principle is this. Time matters. Time matters. It is so, so important. And I love technology. I'm a, tech, I'm a geek guy type of person, okay? I love using this stuff. Technology has given us the ability to do some amazing things, but it's also giving the, us the ability to spend so much of our time doing less important things, okay? Things that are not that important, and we really need, I, f- I feel like we need to make better use of our time. Why? Why is that? Because time matters. Um, God cares about our time you know really we talk about blessings we talk about God's goodness time is a gift from God right uh, Psalm ninety we we've heard this before but but just listen to this teach us what does that say right there it's something that we don't automatically understand we don't automatically get we will gravitate away from this truth unless we have somebody help us. Teach us to number our days that we may gain of heart, a heart of wisdom. Now, number our days doesn't mean to count them out. It doesn't even really mean to plan, even though the Bible is full of Proverbs about planning. This does not mean that. This truth is simply telling us to look at time as something that is valuable, something that is important. We have to learn, right? We have to learn that and respect time and appreciate it. It's not an unlimited resource. Has anybody ever used the phrase, well, I'm just killing time? 
right? I've used that all the time when I'm picking up the kids or I'm waiting for Callie at horse lessons and I'll go out and do some errands and things like that. Well, I'm just killing time. That's not true. That's a that's an erroneous phrase. That's a big word for me. Can I get a hand? That's erroneous. Uh, we don't kill time. Time kills us. It's actually backwards, right? It it's passes and it's it's coming and it's going and once it once it goes, it's gone. Right? <laughs> Ephesians five fifteen. There's a lot that God has to say regarding our time. Be very careful. Look, we're careful with some things, but what are we very careful with? Very careful. We're very careful with fragile things. Right? Like a newborn child, you know, when you, man, they're great, aren't they? When you pick a newborn child up and it's so priceless, it's so important, so valuable, and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm careful with uh, a Pop-Tart that comes out of the oven, Right? But this, I'm very careful with. You know, it's, it's so important. It's so fragile. It's so precious. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, what are opportunities? They describe moments of time. Bits and pieces of time. And this is telling us that we have to make the most of every, every opportunity because they are not endless. There's only so many opportunities that that you and I have in this life. And this says that we are to do that because the days uh, are evil. But I think we know that. I think we look at our world and we look out and we think we know something's wrong, don't we? We know that it's not the way it's supposed to be. We don't have to really be reminded of, of that. I think we realize that. But what I think we fail to realize is the goodness that we are missing out on all around us. That's what I think. But what if in our misuse of time, what if in that we fail to recognize important opportunities? What if we miss out on priceless moments, on significant opportunities to spend, what do we call it? Quality time with those around us, our loved ones, our family members, our friends, our children? Are we making the most of every opportunity to live life to the fullest, right? Let me ask you this, kind of a serious question. If you knew you were going to die today, would social media and technology really be that important? Would it be? Would your phones that you sleep with, a lot of you, would your phones and your tablets really be that important? You know, when that time comes, all of a sudden the things that are less important sort of vanish. When that time comes, you're not going to be reaching for a phone. You know what you're going to be reaching for? A hand. Someone else's hand. That's how important and how valuable time is. We are to take advantage of every single opportunity because there may not be another one. There may not be another one. Outside of grace, time is the one thing that you can't earn, buy, inherit, change, or reproduce. It's moving, but yet it's constant. 
It's going by, but yet it's limited. You can't stop it from leaving, and once it's gone, you can't get more of it. It's priceless. Thomas Edison said, and I don't know about Thomas Edison's faith, but you know he had a pretty good grasp on time. He said, time is really the only capital that any human has and the only thing that he can't afford to lose. Let me ask you a very important question. Is social media and technology worth all the time that you give it? Is, is it worth that much to you? Your time is more valuable than what you will ever know. Are we making the po- most of every opportunity we have, or are we missing out on those opportunities to experience life to the fullest? So that's the first principles, time matters. The second one is this, rest matters. Rest matters. Some of you are like, yes, he's going to be talking about taking a nap today. But, but rest matters. And um, one thing I know is for sure, we're not getting enough rest. And our lives are busy anyway. Right? Our lives are jam-packed. Our schedules are full. Our calendars are filled. We are busy. And with social media, at, with the addition of that to our lives, the extra two hours a day, we don't have time for rest, do we? Especially since so many stay up late on their phones and they get up early on their phones, right? 97% of teens get less than the recommended amount of sleep. That's almost 100%. And what's the recommended time? It's, it varies. Some places say eight hours. You've always heard that, but some are saying seven to nine is probably the range. 97% of teenagers don't get the recommended, recommended amount of rest. Okay, 50% of adults don't get the amount of rest that they're supposed to, which is an increase of 40% since the 1980s. What's occurred since the 1980s? Social media. Technology. We're, we're, we're going in the wrong direction. We are going towards a restless culture. You know what I see out there? Just look. You just have to stop and look one day. You'll see it. I see kids wore out. I see kids physically, mentally, emotionally drained. I see parents walking around like zombies. I might be one of them one day, right? This is a very convicting message for me. But I see parents drained. I see parents on the verge of breakdown, on the verge of burnout, I see people stressed to the max and just the smallest thing, they go off. I see many people, so many people, young or old, that just need rest. 
You might say, Zach, this sounds too simple to be in a sermon. I tell you, this is probably one of the most important sermons you'll ever hear. Rest matters. It's so important. Rest was established by God. Look at Genesis 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So God created everything, right, six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Here's something that will blow your mind. The seventh day is a created day. It is a day that God made. Wasn't just an extra day just sort of thrown in there. Right? It was a crea- it was a part of creation. It was a created day. It was a specially created day and God, what did he do with that day? He made it holy. Holy means set apart. He took this day and he set it apart and it says that he blessed that day. Now this is known as the Sabbath, okay, which comes from the verb sabbat, S-A-B-A-T. Kind of a funny sounding word, but what it means is to stop. That's what it means, to stop to pause, to reflect, to refresh, to refresh. Rest includes sleep, right? And that's automatically what we think about, but rest is so much more. It's relaxing, it's rejuvenating, it's really allowing your body and your mind time to pause and reflect. Look, it's literally stopping what you do day in and day out. It's stopping it. So God rested, and he didn't rest because he was tired. He rested to show us the importance of rest, right? He gave us an example to follow. He wanted to show us, look, this is something you need. This is a part of creation. Jesus rested many times to show us the importance of it. Jesus himself said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, It was made for you and me, for us. And look, everyone was to honor the Sabbath so they could rest. Men, women, children, whole entire families, towns, a whole nation, the whole world was to honor this. It was not optional, folks. It was a command. I'm just thinking, how many of us are, how many of us look at this as being optional? It was a command. Look, look at the Exodus 20.10. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female servant. Not even the animals. Nor any foreigner residing in your town. So it's a, it's a command, you see. It's not optional. It's a command, but here's the thing. I know when we get told to do something, we don't like it for some reason, right? It's also a gift. We love gifts, don't we? 
Command's one thing, but a gift, right? We, we like gifts. We want gifts. It is a gift from God for our minds, our bodies, and even our souls. It's these moments of precious, priceless time that we take and we find time not only for ourselves, but we're intentional about finding time for God and focusing on God and resting in Him. When we, when we refresh ourselves, it gives us time to refocus on God. It really does. When we pull away from things, suddenly there's more time that we can give to God and spend time with Him. Let me ask you this. Are you resting? Are you resting? Are you finding time to rest and refresh? You go a week without taking a bath? Let me tell you, you stink. You go a week without resting? Your life stinks. Everybody can smell you. Okay? You may... You may find some time to sleep. You might say, Zach, I have no problem sleeping. I can sleep. (laughs) You know, I sleep during your sermons. (laughs) You notice, I really haven't been talking about sleep. I've been talking about rest. Do Do you actually find time to rest? Do you find time to pull yourself away from the world, to actually rest, to stop, to stop, being so busy, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Do you, do you find time to hear from God? It's hard to do that when we're connected to our phones and our tablets. It's really hard to do that. Needing rest is not a remedy. I know we, sometimes we hear that from the doctor. Well, we're going through these things. Well, you just need to take this and get more rest. Needing rest is not a remedy. It's a design. We were built that way. God created us that way. He created the day for us for that purpose. It's a design, so when we don't enter into that, it's a flaw on our part. Which leads us to the last truth. The last principle. So time matters, rest matters, effectiveness matters. Effectiveness matters. You know, your, your use of time and your use of rest influence your effectiveness in everything. Don't just automatically think about work. That's, that's what we think about when I mention this. But your effectiveness as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather, as a neighbor, as a citizen, as a Christian. Your use of time and and your use of rest affect how effective you are, right? We might think we're effective, but whose standards are you using? Yours? The world's? Your job standards? Let me ask you this. Are you effective according to God's standards? Right? Psalm 127, verse 2. It is useless. Wow. Wow. That's pretty strong there, right? It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. 
you know, sometimes according to our standards, we could think, well, I'm, uh, I'm really effective. I'm a hard worker. I work sun, sun up to sunset. Right. You might be effective according to the world's standards, but according to God's standards, what does he say? It's useless. There's nothing wrong with hard work. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're not resting, you're not working the right way. You see, who created work? God did. The same God that created rest created work. If you're not resting, you're not working the way that God wants you to. And you will not be effective. Listen, rest is a gift. And we, we give great gifts to those we love. And God loves us, so he gave us rest. Are you accepting that gift? Or are you saying, God, I don't want this gift? Are you taking advantage of this tremendous blessing that he's given to us? If you're not, you're not as effective right now as you could be. Our lives, just think about this, our lives could be so much more. We can have so much more significance, so much more enjoyment of life. So much more happiness, so much more positivity in our lives if we just simply follow and live into God's design. We work to rest and we rest to work. You see, that's the way it works. We need to make the most of our time. We need to make sure we are rested so that we can function properly and live life to the fullest. Now, really quick, I want to go through three things, how we can do this. Here's where we're just going to get practical, okay? First thing, realize your problem. I know, I know you already. Some of you are back there saying, this ain't me. I get plenty of rest, right? Realize your problem. Some of you might have a bigger problem than others, right? Some of you may not even realize how big your problem is. Here's, here's a little trick. Ask somebody close to you. <laughs> Ask, they'll be honest with you. And whatever they say, you just add to it because they're busy too and they don't pay attention to you most of the time. So you just say, ask somebody that you love and that you know loves you, is this a problem for me? Do I spend too much time doing this? Do I spend too much time on this? They'll be honest with you. 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Paul says this, and in this he's talking about the law and, and being freed from, from the law. But man, it, it fits so well to this. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. Hey, I got news for you. Not everything out there is good for you. Not everything is beneficial, even though you can do it, even though you have the right to do it. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Not everything is, is good for us. Look, it's only good as long as it's not bad. I will not be mastered by anything. Let me ask you this. Are you mastered by your phone? Are you mastered by social media and technology? I, if you sleep with your phone, yes. Let me just tell you. Let me answer that for you. If the last thing you do before you go to bed is look at your phone, and the first thing you do in the morning when you get up is look at your phone, you are mastered by that. If you don't go an hour without looking at your phone, and I understand it's work, sometimes it's work-related, I get that. 
But if you feel anxiety, if you feel pressure, if you feel the need to look at your phone for no reason whatsoever, you are mastered by it. You are mastered by it. 66% of people fear losing a connection. Whether it be Wi-Fi or just, you know, your signal, your 3G, 4G, whatever, signal. They, they have anxiety if they lose that connection. On average, we touch our phones 2,000 times a day. We have a problem. Some of you have a bad, bad problem. Some of you, it's like a growth on you. and You, you might even take a bath with your phone. Right? It's going to have to be surgically removed from you. You just, you eat one-handed and you're like. Realize your problem. Find out if this is an issue for you. That's the first step. Second thing, come up with a plan. Come up with a plan. Um, You might have heard this before, but failing to plan is planning to fail. Have you ever heard that? That's good, isn't it? Um, I'm glad I wrote that down. Failing to plan is the same. Look, if you don't plan, you're planning to fail. You are. Proverbs 14, 23. I love, I love, I love this proverb. All hard work brings a profit, right? But mere talk leads only to poverty. Look, just talking about it does absolutely nothing for you. Oh, well, I got this issue going on. Yeah, it's pretty sad, pretty tragic. Wish something could be done about it, right? That only leads to to more of the same, right? When you don't change, change doesn't happen. It doesn't. Throw some ideas out there. Set some goals. Start making small changes. Uh, Like all phones at night, after a certain time, go into a basket. You know, buy you a fun-looking little basket and throw all your phones in there or something. Phones go off at a certain time. No phones at their dinner table. Get a big yardstick and smack your kid's hand if they pick up a phone. Right? Have fun with it. Make them start worrying about the yardstick coming out from behind you. Um, take a small break from social media, right? Whether I've heard of people doing that, honestly, whether it's a day or a week or a month, commit to taking a break from it and see how much happier you are. See how much effective you are. And then you can adjust. You might, you might be able to handle it some. I've got on my phone, anybody that has an, an Apple phone, an iPhone, or I guess any phone will do this, the do not disturb thing. Hey, click that thing, will you? You ain't missing out on nothing. Who cares if you miss out on so-and-so's picture? Who cares? Who cares about the latest and greatest post? Woo. Hit do not disturb. Okay? Your time is more important than their post. Do what you have to do to make the most of your time. Here's what I like. So the average is two hours a day. Hey, be a boss and take back one of those hours. Do not be mastered by anything. You stand up to this thing and you say, I'm going to take an hour back of my time. Think of of everything you could do with that extra hour. Fill it in. Pencil it in. Limit yourself to that. 
Finally, I'm going to close with this. Learn to rest with the Lord. And honestly, guys, I just think this is something that we have to get better at. I think we have to learn this. I think we have to teach our, not only ourselves, but our kids, our grandkids, how to rest with the Lord. Um, church, for one hour a week, is not enough. Church for two hours a week, you know, if you go to Sunday school after this or before, whatever, that's a one tonight, two hours a week is not enough. We have to individually learn to rest with the Lord. In the Gospel of Mark, many people were following Jesus and the, and the disciples. The, Jesus was doing ministry, and, and really he was pretty popular. He had already done some miracles. People were saying, who's this guy? Look at this guy. Let's go see what he's doing. Large crowds were, were following him, and this is right before the feeding of the 5,000. We all know that that miracle where he fed at least 5,000 people, maybe even 10. It was a crazy time. It was a busy time. No time for anything. Does that sound familiar to some of you? You're just going and going. You're busy. No time left to do anything. Look at Mark 6.31. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, look at what Jesus said. Okay, I want these words to be burnt into your minds, into your hearts today. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Boy, isn't that good? You know, I can't explain it. I'm not even going to try to define what this is. All I know is God made it in the beginning. Jesus taught how important it was. Jesus did it, and he invites us to do the same. I don't know what happens. All we can say is it's a God thing. There's a type of peace, there's a type of rest that only the Lord can give with special moments set aside for him. Are we doing that? Are you doing that, or is it just here? I think it's interesting that what happened after this, okay, this is before the miracle. What happened after this? A miracle. These guys got to not only see God move in a miraculous way, but they were a part of it. And I think many of us are missing out on God moving in our lives because we're not resting in him. We're not resting with him. If we would just learn this principle and learn how to get better at it, I think we would see more of God moving in our lives. I think we would see more miraculous things. I think God would be able to use our lives in miraculous ways. Do you see what he did with these guys before the crowd was all crazy? And he says, hey, let's get away. You rest with me. Let's go to a quiet place and then... Then we'll do something amazing together. Man, wouldn't that be great if we were able to be a part of that? So rest. And look, this morning, you might not know God. You might not have a relationship with God. I hope you can hear the words of Jesus. Just come to me. That's his invitation to anybody that will listen. 
to anybody that will have faith and believe in him, he invites you to come to me and he gives you a rest. He gives your soul a rest that nobody else could give. He gives you peace of mind and assurance and a glad heart knowing that God loves you and that he died for you. I hope you do that today. And really, as we close out this message and this whole series, we've talked about some important things. Um, I hope we apply those principles to our lives. God really cares about how we live. God cares about what we choose. And he wants our hearts and he wants to be first. I pray that we would honor him with our lives. Let's pray. Father, today I'm thankful for your words. Uh, We look at the importance of time and rest, and maybe we don't really take those seriously enough. Father, I pray that we would see time as a gift from you and that our time is not endless, that we would make the most of every single opportunity, that we would not give our attention to less important matters of life, but that we would see Uh, those opportunities that you orchestrate for us to step into, for us to show love to those around us, for us to spend quality, precious time with our family, for us to see a need out there in the community. Help us to make the most of each and every second of our lives. Father, help us to see rest as important and to really understand that rest and time go hand in hand. And if we are to be effective If we are to live life to the fullest, we need the rest that you uh, told us to to take and to take advantage of. Father, I pray this morning for those that are weary, those that are broken, those that are anxious, those that are sad, those that are hurting, those that are worrying. You said yourself that If we come to you, you will give us rest. Help each one of us to make time, to set aside time just to spend with you, to show you that you are that important to us. For the person that doesn't know you, I pray that they would hear not me speaking today, but you, and to realize that they need you and that you have an open invitation to them. You you simply tell them just to come come to you. You heal them, you save them, you love them, and you hold them. I pray that they would do that today, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.